Hey, welcome to Visit with Grandpa, where we talk about power, your power. To start, let me introduce someone to you that you need to know, because she's going to be here often. It's Grandma. Hi, I'm Grandma. Yes, you are. So why did I bring Grandma here? Good question. Well, one thing, to keep Grandpa focused. Okay, well then we'll do a little bit of introduction. We both grew up on farms. We've been married for 33 years. We've struggled a lot. We've overcame a lot. We've had good times, too. We have. And we've also are now creating a podcast for other people to help them to develop themselves. So, speaking of podcasts, did you make a promise at the end of the last podcast? Oh, you're keeping me focused, aren't you? Yes, I did. I told everybody that I would tell them where not to drive their car because they don't clean up the wrecks at this place. And to do that, I'm going to talk about my life. So at age three, I was involved in a death. I saw my little or my cousin, who was age three, also drown. And it happened in the rivers about um, a mile away from home. I had to walk home and tell my mom. And instead of consoling me and helping me out, she took off running. Now, understandably, we can know what was going on, but I did not know what was going on because I was age three. I created some emotional wrecks, unlike car wrecks, emotional wrecks, and never cleaned them up. So so not consciously. N- no, not consciously. Yeah. And not on purpose. I mean, consciously we did, but not on purpose. And so, to make matters even worse, at age seven, I was involved in the farm accident that killed my little brother. At that time, I blamed myself because he followed me, and if I had not done what I had done, he wouldn't have died. I had also about died two times before that. So, those things affected me, but a few a few weeks I can't remember if it was a few weeks or a few months afterwards, I was talking to my mom and she told me that she had this premonition that one of us was going to die. Well, since I had almost died two times before that, I left that conversation thinking if I had died, my little brother would not have. So Mm -hmm. I considered myself, and this is at the age of seven, I considered myself a murderer. And then... Just to make matters a little bit worse, my dad had this dislike for Santa Claus. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And so he took Santa Claus away. Now you know why we didn't have Santa Claus for a long time after we got married, right? Right. And that was cause for some of those upsets. (laughs) Yes. Well, those were emotional wrecks that I never cleaned up. Just like car wrecks, if you never clean up car wrecks then the road stopped being useful. You can imagine what would happen if we had a car wreck at the, at the Main Street and uh, Forest Street. If that intersection was blocked by a car wreck and we never cleaned it up and we just left the bodies and everything there, pretty soon you wouldn't have anybody driving there. And if it expanded out past that, then we, had a, you know, we stopped cleaning up all car wrecks that shut down the city. Just imagine this. You know, the intersection, inter- the intersections, obviously, but the interstate can shut down. Right. We could shut down everything if we didn't clean up the car wrecks in like manner. If we don't clean up our emotional wrecks, 
we end up shutting everything down. We shut all the ways that we can deal with life down. So that was how I lived my life until age 47. So what changed at age 47? How did you change at 47? Well, you remember some very nice person gave us two tickets to a seminar. And at the mm -hmm. seminar, I got to listen to this. Well, let me explain a little bit more. The seminar, there at that seminar, it was called Master Influence. And there were over 800 people, I think just under 900 people there. And we were, if you remember, off to the right of the speaker, Kurt Duncan. And even though he was with 900 or 800 plus people, he said... You can change, and the way you change is, and when he said is or really close to that, he looked at me, and he said, looking at me, he said, you can change by changing the story in your past. And I sat there, and I thought, can I? And he still had contact in my eyes, and he repeated it. And I just, I had this feeling that I could actually change. And so I started doing things to change. And the first thing I did was, or the first thing he told me to do was catch my trash talk. So what is trash talk? Well, trash talk is anything that you think or say to yourself, or if you say it to anybody, that undermines your potential or that damages your potential or that causes you not to have the same potential energy to create things you want in your life. Or easy, more easily said, just negative self-talk. Negative talk about you to yourself or negative self-thoughts. Mm -hmm. So why is it important to catch trash talk? Well, let me explain it this way. We talk about two people. One of them you know. Well, you know them both. But one of them our listener knows. And the other one, the listener's going to get to know. Michael Phelps, the great swimmer. What do you call someone that wins one medal in the Olympics? A champion. A champion. Because you ate Wheaties when you were a kid. It's the breakfast of champions. <laughs> so, what do you call someone that wins 23 Olympic gold medals? Above and beyond champion. <laughs> well, for purposes of the podcast, and you'll understand why, we're going to call him... A super champion. Yep. Okay. Well, have you ever heard of Bob Bowman? You have, but yes. you think our listeners have? Probably not. Probably not. Bob Bowman was and is the coach. Well, was his coach, was was Michael Phelps' coach. He met Michael Phelps at a very young age, gave him some mind exercises, and was able to help him take control of of his, his life better. And then later they got together again and became the great, you know, Michael Phelps became the great swimmer, winning the 23 Olympic gold medals. Now, when I teach this principle to my clients where I worked at a drug treatment facility and as a probation parole officer before, I would ask them, who is more important in obtaining the 23 Olympic gold medals, Michael Phelps or Bob Bowman? That's a tough one. Well, they would most of the time say Michael Phelps, but a lot of times they would say Bob Bowman. Well, I would say to them the answer. And the answer is, I don't know. But then I would go on to and say, 
what would you think if I said you have the same potential to create greatness as Michael Phelps did? And the clients would look at me like, yeah, right. And I'd say, you do. The problem you have is your coach is letting your super champion run wild. Or in other words, the conscious mind is allowing the subconscious mind to run wild. The coach or the conscious mind helps the subconscious mind to be able to focus in a direction because it, or when it's running wild, it doesn't because it allows it to go one direction or another or do things inappropriately like it helps the subconscious focus by helping it know which way to go. Part of the problem can happen is, or part of the problem that can happen is our subconscious mind is going two different directions. It, if we're having negative self-talk, then it can destroy our abilities to go forward. Because the subconscious mind is very powerful. So how powerful is it compared to the conscious mind? Well, a person recently told it to me this way, and I'm going to tell the, I'll tell you both ways. She said that it is like an, the conscious mind is like an ant, and the subconscious mind is like an elephant. Wow. Now, yeah, that's huge. Now, mathematically, the conscious mind can do seven to nine things in one moment. That's the snap of fingers, not a second, because a second's much longer. So seven to nine things one moment versus the subconscious mind can do seven to eight million. Wow. And some behavioral scientists believe it's a billion and others believe it's a trillion. Now, how does it do so many things? The same way a computer. It writes programs. Mm -hmm. And those programs are ran by the subconscious mind. So what happens is the coach, you know, when you have all that power, the coach or the conscious mind is not watching the programs that the subconscious mind is implementing or creating. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it ends up needing help. Okay. So all this leads up to um, how do you catch that trash talk? Okay. Great question. So what happens is we get the trash talk in our brains and our minds. And what we can do is we can take the the trash talk that we get, that we think or get, and we can write it on a piece of paper and take that piece of paper and throw it in the garbage. And that sends a message from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind that we're getting rid of that. It's garbage talk. And that starts the coaching of the conscious mind, or the conscious mind, I said that wrong, that starts the conscious mind coaching the subconscious mind or the super champion and getting it to get rid of those past programs. For example, I had a lot of negative self-talk that I was of no value. I did a lot of things in life, and even though I accomplished things, as soon as I, were done, I was done accomplishing them, I felt of no value because it was done and over with. So what did it do for you at work or maybe even at home? So what did trash, catching my trash talk yes. do? Well, at home, it helped me because it, it helped me focus and get rid of my anger and my frustrations. At work, 
it helped me because it helped me as I dealt with, pro then I was dealing with probationers. It helped me to find self-love. Now, how did all that go down? When I learned this tool, I would go to work and I would take three pieces of paper out of the coffee machine every morning. I would take the paper cutter, the chopper is what I call it, and I go chomp, chomp, and I'd cut them into three, the three papers into nine long papers, and then I'd take it and chomp, 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 into little pieces about a half inch long. And then when I thought or said negative things, I would write it down on one piece of paper and throw it in the garbage. So would you pack a, a, a pocket full of papers? No. When I'd go away from my, you know, my office, I would just take a big piece of paper and I'd write it down so I'd have a whole bunch of them. When I come back, I'd take all of them and throw, rip them into pieces and throw them in the garbage. Okay. But anyway, a person wants to do that, they can do that. It took me months to get down to two pieces of paper. When I first, but when I first started, the first actually two days, I was so frustrated because I didn't get any. A lot of times I would write down, I can't think of any trash talk, and I'd throw it in the garbage. And I think that's a good way of doing it because I was telling my subconscious mind, I can't think of that. And it was saying, yes, you can't. Or correct, you can't. And then it was seeing me throw it in the garbage and it started to say, okay, here's your trash talk. And then it started to flood. So you're kind of priming the pump with that. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. I, I had to teach it, prime the pump, and then it flowed and it flowed for months. And it actually sometimes scared me because I had so much. But then it started to dissipate or go away. Mm -hmm. I had learned as a kid about positive mental attitude, but what do you do when you're so full of hate? This way I was able to get it out of my heart, out of my mind, and get it away from me and throw it in the garbage. Mm -hmm. That allowed me to then be able to start having space inside of me for something different than hate, mm -hmm. the self-hate that I used to have. What did you see happen? Well, I noticed that you would, wouldn't be triggered by things that happened at home as, as quickly. You could handle situations. It, it wouldn't um, affect you like it used to. You had more patience and also more empathy for others who were frustrated as well. That it, it, it didn't escalate into a big argument or, or frustration session because you, you were more calm. You handled situations and it, it just brought a calm and peace at home. Well, that's good. We know what to do. We know how to, I think I've explained what we can do. We catch our trash talk and that starts the subconscious mind being coached by the conscious mind. The now, do they have to use <clears throat> paper? No. Or can they use a digital form? Great question. Well, you can use a digital form. I love to write a memo and then hit the, the delete button. And I even have it so I just start a new memo, write one sentence, and hit the delete button or just a few words, and I watch it go. That's a message too. Okay. So what would you instruct our listeners to do? Okay. So before we leave, they need to know exactly what to do, right? So they... Take a piece of paper, they can write it, they can take a big piece of paper or they can make a whole bunch of small pieces of paper. And when they think or something or say something that is negative, 
you know, that's detrimental to their creating, their potential to create, they can write it down on that piece of paper. If they write, write a big one, at the end of the day, they can throw it away. If they write small ones, they can throw it away as often as they can. But not journal it and keep it. No, do not journal it and keep it. And it's not something for other people to see. This is your stuff, your garbage you're getting out. Throw it in the garbage. Leave it there. Get it away from you. Okay. And with that, we continue what I taught in the last podcast. Start thinking of or judging everybody. Because we talked about judgment. Judge everybody as awesome. Awesome. Because as you do that, that helps us learn to judge ourselves as awesome. Now, the nice thing is as we catch our trash talk, we start having space for positive judgment of ourselves, which is a great side effect. I invite everybody to do that. Continue judging others as awesome and catch your trash talk. That'll prepare you for next podcast when I will teach you how to use the tow truck. Now, the tow truck is what we use for big events like when your cousin dies and you're part of the problem or when you cause the accident that causes your brother to die or when you have trauma or huge embarrassment or something like that. The tow truck is what we use to tow away the emotional wreck so that we can clean it up. Does that sound exciting? It does. So we'll see you at the next podcast. Should I bring cookies? Well, yes.